Welcome to Teacherpreneurs Raise Your Hand, episode 109, a mother-daughter dynamic duo. What kind of boss are you? So today I sit down with a very, very important person and someone that I love with all of my heart and who I I think is probably the best person I know. And that is my sweet, wonderful daughter, Emily. Emily is also my virtual assistant. She works for me about five to seven hours a week. And I don't know what I would do without her. (laughs) And I shared my graph story last week on episode 108, if you'd like to check that out. And one of the things I said is that I created 99 products in 2020. And if it wasn't for Emily, there was no way that that would have happened. So I really attribute that that growth that year, that big, that bigger jump that I had um, to the fact that I had help. And I re- quickly realized that I needed that help regularly. And so Emily has joined my team and I'm so thankful to be working with her. And we, so today we talk about that. We talk about that journey. We talk about what that looks, looks like. We talk about how it wasn't at all what we imagined for her life long ago and, and how that even changed. And, and we, and we talk a bit about that. We also talk a bit about, you know, what it's like to be a virtual assistant and what kinds of things virtual assistants can do for you. And we also talk about what kind of boss I am or what kind of boss, you know, we would want to work for and things that, that I've tried to be careful about because I feel sometimes like, it's really easy to bring that scarcity mindset from education into our businesses. And I really want to be careful of that. And I wonder sometimes if, if we realize that we're doing that. So we even talk about some of those things too. So get ready. I hope you stick around. Welcome to Teacherpreneurs Raise Your Hand, where bold teachers rise up and transform into successful teacherpreneurs who are destined for greatness. What exactly is a teacherpreneur, you might ask? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines the term as... Um, okay, it's not yet a word in the dictionary, but hear you me, it will be one day. In a nutshell, a teacherpreneur is both a teacher and a business person, and we're here to help you be better at both. So without further ado, from one tired teacher and Trina Debery teaching and learning... Here's your host, Trina Deber. Hey. Okay. So I think I think I gave you that little get ready or you know um, warning because sometimes I think when we hear things that that feel hard or make us immediately feel kind of defensive as far as like, I'm not that kind of boss, or I don't do that, or whatever, like, we have to think about why we initially feel kind of defensive, or at least I do, I need to think about why I get defensive. And that often means that there's some growth that I have to do. And there's some things that I need to look at and reflect upon. So I'm asking you to, to keep an open mind in that sense. And if it feels hard or you start feeling like, uh-oh, then um, just, you know, think about it, do some work on it and see, you know, see what pops up because it's, you know, we didn't set out to be a manager or a boss of 
others or maybe maybe you did maybe you're a team leader I was team leader for a really long time and I never really thought of it as being someone's boss because I didn't have like you know the ability to promote and <laughs> lose people and things like that but it was it was a lot of responsibility it was for for one of my principals he considered it more of a manager type of position and not just a dis, dis distributor of information. I know schools do it differently. But anyway, so if you haven't had that type of leadership training or experience, sometimes I feel like we don't know, like, we you know, we're just learning that that wasn't what we went in to do. So it's just a, it's just a learning process. Before we get started, I'd like to share that this episode is being supported by my podcasting course, Podcasting Academy for Teacherpreneurs. I have a course that I created several years ago to help teacherpreneurs create a podcast for their business with a focus on your audience of teachers. So I help you set up from the very beginning, like what equipment you need, where you need, what you need to do with it, how you need to edit it, what it needs to look like, all those kinds of things. I take you step-by-step step through that process with Podcasting Academy for Teacherpreneurs. I so wanted a course when I started podcasting, but everything was so super duper expensive. And I thought, wow, am I going to put this money? much money into something I'm not 100% sure I'm going to keep doing. Well, four years later, I have two podcasts and I definitely kept doing it. I've noticed a difference when I don't do it. And so I, I had to continue. Well, I still have that course and I don't talk about it very often because I felt like teacherpreneurs were like, I don't want to talk about podcasting. I even did a session at the conference last year talking about to podcast or not to podcast. And so now I'm saying if you do want a podcast, I'd love to help you. You can find more information at trinadeveryteachingandlearning.com forward slash PAT, P-A-T, Podcasting Academy for Teacherpreneurs. So hop on over there and you can check it out. I do have a deal for teacherpreneurs, raise your hand listeners. And that is, my course is normally $147, $147, but I am giving it to you for only $99 with the code T-R-Y-H. Again, that's trinadeveryteachingandlearning.com forward slash Pat, P-A-T. Now let's get on with the show. One more thing before we get started. I do want you to know that Emily and I end up having a pretty um, candid conversation about mental health and it is... It's, it's important. It's an important conversation. But if that is something that might trigger you, I just wanted to warn you. I wanted you to know. But I also wanted you to know that it's okay. It's okay if you struggle with those kinds of things or, or if some days are really hard to get up and, and to work and, and to you know show up in your business because you are struggling yourself. So we do have that conversation. It is um, it was unexpected, but it, it came up in the conversation and I just felt like it was really important to share with you. I am so excited to have a very, very special guest on the show today. And that is my wonderful, creative, beautiful, smart, kind, considerate virtual assistant who is also, most importantly, my daughter, Emily. Welcome, Emily. What an intro that was. Um, <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> I am excited that you are here. 
Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So Emily is here to talk about having or hiring a virtual assistant and what that might look like for your business. And also we're going to talk a little bit about hiring family and the things that might arise when, when and if that occurs. <laughs> I know a lot of teacherpreneurs often end up, you know, their husband joins the business and yes. And so they're, you know, they do a lot of things on the back end, and, you know, some people are very successful together with their partner. I think I would never have been able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) That would have not worked whatsoever, but I do, but also, you know, so if you have maybe the right partner, it can work. But I definitely think there's some pros and cons. And so we'll talk about that as well. So first of all, Emily, tell a little bit about yourself and why and how you came to be a virtual assistant. And also, you are not only a virtual assistant for me, you you incorporated, you started your own company. So a lot of teacherpreneurs can relate to that, especially becoming a business person when you didn't expect that to be your path. Mm -hmm. That was a lot. So go ahead. Yeah, I definitely... (laughs) Okay. So I guess I'll start like with how I became a virtual assistant because it was definitely like a reluctant journey that I did not see myself doing at first. Um, So I worked in administration in a medical office and um, it was something like that I thought I really liked at the beginning and it ended up being just not a good situation for myself. So I left and Um, after that, I really didn't know what I wanted to do because leaving that office was just kind of abrupt and it wasn't really the plan. And I'm definitely somebody like many others, I'm sure just because it's in human nature that wants to be in control. So, um, I was out of control and confused and upset and I still didn't really, I knew that I didn't want to do something I didn't love to do anymore. Um, but I still didn't know what that was. So, I um, applied at the opera house near where I live, and um, it was between me and another person with a college degree. And uh, even though the person hiring said that they liked my personality a lot and they could even see me being there more, they were like, the other person has the credentials. And I was like, I told them, I remember him calling me and I was like, I think you're making a mistake, but I appreciate your honesty and I wish you the best. And then I was really, really confused. And I called you that night, excuse me, and I was crying and I was like, I didn't get the job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I'd been out of the job at this point for over a month, which is a long time. Like I had thankfully set myself up financially to be okay but like some people wouldn't be and it was really hard to get a job even a job in like retail which I had done before it was like my first job so um then I resorted to that even though you were like why don't you try being a VA and I was like no I don't want to be a VA um uh, clearly that that thought did not continue. Um, but then I applied at retail stores and I worked there for one day. And, uh, as a 21 year old at the time with a herniated disc, retail was not for me. So I came home and I quit. And then I was like, you know what? I have to make money. Like I have to pay rent. So I was like, I'll just be a VA for a little bit. 
like it like it's just with it's with you so I knew it would be fine like it would be flexible like I'd figure it out and then I started doing it and then um I got my second client who I still currently have um who I was still like in shock that she like just took a chance on me right away like and then I was like oh I actually like this and then she and you recommended me to somebody else and then I got another client and then I kept getting clients and I was like this is like a business like I'm working a full-time job now and then I was like you know what like I want to be a business owner because I want to run my own ship which was part of the reason that I definitely wasn't connected to any job I had in the past because somebody else was telling me what I had to do um, creatively and like intellectually. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do my own thing and I wanted to be starting to be in charge of my own future. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. And then I incorporated and then now I currently have nine clients. So yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So there's a couple things. Like, first of all, I think that the beauty of like working for teacherpreneurs is that they see the potential in a person because mm -hmm. that, because we were teachers and a lot of times, hopefully most of the time, but I, I'm not going to say all the time, but hopefully <laughs> we see the potential in people and we can get past, you know, whether they have this, this or that we know that, you know, we see the possibility. So I, I like that. Now, I also think sometimes it can be difficult when you don't have, if you don't have the college degree, you don't have the experience as far as the schooling goes, because again, you're dealing with teachers who believe in further education. Thankfully, you know, you, you, you were, your work was able to speak for itself. And so I think that was was one of the benefits. And mm -hmm. I think we should actually say the second client, which was Heather. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Heather. Yes, so, Heather. Because Heather is really good at seeing potential in people. And also she, she, you know, we were close and we were working together in a mastermind and I was telling her the things that you were doing. And so I think that that is, can be a benefit when you, mm -hmm. when you meet a person that has a vision. So th then you, then you started to really learn, like you mm -hmm. have learned so much that oh, yeah. it's shocking to me sometimes. And because we try as teacherpreneurs to do everything and we're trying to figure out new trends on social media and we're trying to figure out stinking Pinterest and we're trying to figure out email marketing and product creation and all the list goes on and on. We, we don't, I don't feel for me, I don't feel like an expert at any of those things other than product creation. And I, so sometimes now I think because I've had all these years of experience that I, that I have a, you know, somewhat of a handle on it, but I'm always learning something new. And I feel like you, because that's your focus, you are able, I mean, you're figuring things out so much faster than I have been able to even like one of the first, I remember one of the first things that, that we, you did for me, um, we worked on SEO for my website and then I ran it through like a test from that, from Neil Patel, who, you know, does a lot <clears throat> of in SEO and it got my website got like a 90%. And I know that was because of you. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh. And so I think, I think that's so unbelievable. So tell, so first of all, what kinds of things do you do for people? Because sometimes I think people get stuck in like, I don't want to, I don't want to hand over control. I don't, I am afraid to have somebody else in my business. And even I have felt that way. And you're somebody that I know and trust, but mm-hmm. it's, it can be scary. So, so talk a little bit about that. So the first thing I always do before I even like take on a new client now, which this is a practice that like I didn't have when I very first started, obviously, because I didn't know any better, but now I do an onboarding call. So before like I'm even officially like, hired with someone um i we talk through what they need if i can do it how i can do it and then i always tell them um that i understand that they this your business is your baby like it's something that you've created from the ground up like you've created the foundation you've created the meat and you've created the roof like it's all yours like made with your own two hands while you're working, some people are still in the classroom. So, um, I like, I get that it's, it's something that it's hard to let control go in that way. But I always tell people that, um, my main focus for you is not to take the control away. It's to let you be able to do, to let you do what you actually want to do. The part that like brings you joy and take away the things that, are holding you back from doing that thing the very best you can. And that if there's ever something that you don't like that I'm doing that, like I want open communication with all of my clients. So that way I can be serving you. Like my business is not about like my particular creative taste. It's about your creative taste and me implementing it in my own way for you. So, and um, my like business, like, I guess, slogan is like that you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So, mm-hmm. and that's true. And mm-hmm. a lot of teacherpreneurs try to do everything and you can try to do everything, but then you're going to do everything like halfway. It's not yeah. going to be what you want it to be. So when you just relinquish just a little bit of control on some of the things that you don't even like, then you're going to be able to have time to do the things that you really love. So I always make that really clear, like in my onboarding call um, with anyone, even if it's not a teacherpreneur, even if it's just like a business owner for something else Mm -hmm. to let them know that like, I'm here for you. And like, I'm here to serve your business and like that we're in this together. It's not just you giving it to somebody you don't know. Like I want to be your team member, not just an employee. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of like how I run my business. And I know there are a lot of other VAs who are just like, just give me the work. I'll get it done and you're good to go. But like, I very much value the personal connection because I feel like a professional relationship is just that it's a relationship. And relationships take work and they take trust and um, they take a connection. And if I don't connect with you and I, you don't trust me or I don't trust you, then it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. But yes. that, that's something that's important to me, at least that all of my clients know. And I feel like so far I've done a good job at, at letting them know that and making them feel that they can tell me if there's something they don't even like. And it doesn't ever hurt my feelings. I think some people are like, well, I don't want to like 
make her feel upset because I don't like this for my business. Mm -hmm. Like when you say that out loud, you're like, that's kind of silly because it's my business. I want this. This is what it should be. But when you're thinking about it, like person to person, like people get scared to say something. I'm like, you can always say something. It's your business. I'm here to serve your business. We're here to serve this business for you. So yeah, I like that. That's, that's one of the things that I enjoy about you as I mean, there's many things like personally, but I mean, as a, as an employee, employer to employee, I appreciate that, that it feels like you're rooting for the business and, and also like your weekly emails, it's really motivating. It feels like, okay, I can do it. It's just, you have a gift in almost counseling, like a type of counseling, I would say. So I feel I think that that comes across. I think that's really special. And not everybody needs that kind of emotional support, but, um, and then, then maybe they're, you know, not, wouldn't be the best fit because I do, I appreciate that about you. So what are some, some job or like activities or tasks that, what are some things that you, that you do? So my main focus and niche is social media management and SEO. Um, so those are the things that I advertise for myself. And so social media management would look like, um, start to finish social media. So that would be creating the content that goes on to Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, if you use LinkedIn, anything else like that, um, any social media platform, basically. So it'd be creating the content. It would be scheduling it, writing the captions, tagging the correct people, engaging with your audience. So liking other people's content, commenting on other people's content, um, helping. I do real reports like R-E-E-L, not like (laughs) R-E-A-L, real reports for um, clients. So I will go into Instagram and look at the trending audio and get reports done for you that makes it clear like this is what you should be doing when it comes to these trends on Instagram and um, I have like spreadsheets that I make for some people who desire that to know their insights from like week to week Mm -hmm. so that would be like social the social media management aspect of things Um, and then SEO would could be on anything I mean search engine optimization is important for every single thing that you do Mm -hmm. Um, it's the way that any search engine or social platform can recognize what you're putting out there because a social platform or search engine cannot recognize um, an image. It can only recognize text. So you actually have to tell it what it's looking at when you post something. So, um, and a lot of like social platforms have actually gotten better at adding like the SEO features that you can work with. Um, So that's one thing that I do within social media management, but also can a big part of the SEO work that I do is with blogs, which is actually something that um, Heather taught me to do. Um, So a lot of that credit goes to her because I, when I first started, I had zero clue what that was. Like I didn't even know what SEO stood for and I actually had to look it up. So that way I wasn't looking silly when she was telling me to work on SEO. And, um, and so she had, like her stuff on WordPress. And then she also had like a plugin that would kind of walk you through the steps of what you need for SEO. And that led to different blog articles that would teach you stuff. 
Um, and she also like has provided me like directions on like what it is and how to do it. So um, since then I realized how important it was after doing my own research and then implemented that within um, blogs that became something I offered like as a main task for people. So I work on different people's websites and blogs um, to be able to optimize it for them so that more of their audience can actually find them. So those are like my two like main niches. I um, try to accommodate anyone as a new client. Like if they're like, oh, I also need this. I also need this. Like most of the time I'm like, yeah, I can definitely do that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not really something where I'm like, no, I can't. Um, unless it's like something I hate, then I'm like, mm, I don't really offer that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I also offer product photography. Um, I help I've actually been helping create products for some um, entrepreneurs um, and covers and thumbnails, like helping with that, helping with um, descriptions on PPT, um, helping just like look up data and stuff, which is something I'm good. At. I don't love doing like data stuff Mm -hmm. um so I don't necessarily like say that I offer that but I do Uh help with that because I am good at spreadsheets it's just not something it's a gift I've been given that I don't enjoy (laughs) so um (laughs) those are some of the things that I offer no that's a that's a lot and I think sometimes people don't even know where to begin Mm -hmm. and that's where they get stuck so I think listing some of those idea I mean like saying some of those things that you've done I think it can be helpful to people what are um, so you don't like data what are um some (laughs) some things that you don't enjoy doing um I think or even a style of work you like I know that you don't like to be micromanaged like I, I I have learned that and (laughs) what are (laughs) what are some other things that you don't enjoy um so that is that's a big one for me is like like I said at the beginning like the trust has to be there for me to be able to like obviously I know in the beginning like it's it's a transition stage so we're figuring out each other we're figuring out how the other person works um so there's going to be that overlap of like me needing to send in work before it like gets approved um but like if that goes on for too long for me like that's not necessarily a good fit because I like to be able to earn that trust from you in the beginning and then go forward with what yeah I know what you need and then like it really be something that I'm helping benefit your company because in my mind if you're doing half of my work, then I don't really feel like I'm serving you in your business. I feel like you're paying for something that you could just be doing on your own because you're basically doing most of it anyways. So then I feel like I'm just someone that you're paying for not really a good reason. Mm -hmm. So um, to me, like whenever that happens, that's when I know that like, I'm not the proper fit for you. and, And that never really hurts my feelings. It's just something that like, some certain people don't work well together. So you need to find a different VA who maybe you would trust more and then would be able to let go of some of that control. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, yes, being micromanaged is not a way that I work very well and it ends up me feeling lazy and I'm not a lazy person. So, mm-hmm. um, and probably just, a bit stifled. Yeah. It, it does. It hurts my creative side of my brain. Like, I am definitely someone who like works in a creative mindset most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would say that's like 
that overtakes most of my brain power is the creative aspect. And then there's the other logistical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when somebody is like, this is exactly how I want it to be. And this is exactly how I want you to implement it. Then it just doesn't work for me because then I feel like I'm not, I'm not giving you the work that I feel like you need in my own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel like I'm not, I'm not doing work for you. I'm just like, I'm just your hands in that moment. And like, maybe that's something that you need Then mm-hmm. I'm just not the right fit. And that's okay. Yes. Um, so I think it's then, no, it's knowing your knowing the right fit for you. Yeah. And, and I, w- I mean, and some people are really good at taking other people's directions and just implementing it. And they, mm-hmm. and the monotonous copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste kinds of tasks mm-hmm. are, um, are right up their alley, but other people that does make them like them feel, I, it makes me feel a bit insane. Like I feel yes. kind of crazy doing that, that kind of work. So I can see why, where maybe you might feel that way. I think that's different. Um, there, like there definitely are some monotonous tasks that I have done for some of my current clients, but like I have not started out that way. Like we have started out with like a different kind of relationship and then throughout they're like, oh, I also need help with this. So like, can you help me with this? And then of course I'm like, yes, because we've already like formed this connection and I already like do creative stuff for them, but they also need help in a different aspect so I can help them with that. It's just, I know that like, that's not what I'm always going to be doing. Yes. And they're like having a balance because also, you know, people that are, that need those kind of tasks done usually they don't, they're thinking about like the, the cost of it versus the return. And, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm going to, I'm the one that needs to be creating these things that are producing income. And Mm -hmm. these other types of tasks that do feel monotonous are, are kind of a waste of, of, of time. So I would rather pay for that. So I think, which I get because that's how I feel. So yeah, (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to do it. Somebody else can do it. Yeah. So exactly. So I think that there's just finding that balance. Okay. I think that's, that's exciting. So, and you're also working for a social media company, correct? I'm actually working for two social media companies right now. I, um, work with smart girl marketing, um, which is a social media consultant agency. And we work with different clients who need help with social media specifically. Um, and then I work with Lucent creative and I am their sales rep. So, um, which the CEO of the company, actually, she was like, I hate calling it that because I don't want it to be a salesy thing. I want it to be more of like a connection with the client and like allowing them to understand what we do and how we can help them. Um, which is part of the reason I actually took the position was because I was like, good, I don't want to be a sales rep. And she was like, Uh I don't want you to be that either. So, um, yeah, so those are the two companies that I, I work with, um, to be able to help them with social media, which so far has been really great. Yeah, that's exciting. And you've also had experience as yes, you, you work for an artist and you've worked for a little boutique in St. Pete, Florida, and you've done mm-hmm. some different. So it, you're getting a variety of experience, which is can be beneficial to teacherpreneurs, which brings me to my next question. And what are some things that I mean, I, I know what you like because those are the things you specialize in. Mm-hmm. So it, it will be redundant to ask you to say that. But but I do think it's important for for teacherpreneurs to to invest in their 
VA as well. Like I know that one of your clients paid for a conference for you Mm -hmm. to go to. And, um, and I'm going to do the same for the TPT conference because Mm -hmm. I know that the more you learn, the better you're going to be able to assist me and other, and your other clients. Yeah. So I think that that is, I think, I think sometimes we don't think about that kind of stuff. Um, because we came, most of us came from systems, which feel like systems of oppression and scarcity. Mm -hmm. And we unfortunately end up taking that into our business with us, which is something that I personally am trying really hard not to do because I I don't want to carry that on (laughs) that, that feels like a, a negative legacy that I don't want to be a part of. And in that sense, so I think it is important to invest in your continuing education. I also feel strongly about offering like some paid time off. I also feel strongly in bumping up your salary at certain points. And so I think that those kinds of things, I don't think that happens very often in Mm -hmm. virtual assistants. It doesn't happen pretty much ever. Um, I actually, So I currently am going through personal mental health struggles, which all of my clients are aware of, which is another way that I connect with them is being honest what's going on in my personal life, which some people don't agree with in business, but um, I do um, because I want you to know me as a person. So, um, and that's, that's definitely hard because I have to go through like time where I can't work and I don't get paid time off for that. Um, Whereas like if I was in a company then, and I was getting salary, um, pay, then I would be able to take time off and not have to worry about the financial burden that like carries on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I even, I'm in a couple of VA groups and I was like, how do you go about pay time off? And everybody was like, why would you even say that? We don't get paid time off. That's a ridiculous request to ask for like VAs or saying this. And yeah. I was like, why is that a ridiculous request? This is a real job. This is my real full-time life. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't really understand why that's a ridiculous request. Like I understand that I'm working one-on-one with certain people, but um, I, if I were paying somebody, like I would also make sure that they had um, the time, even if like I couldn't afford to pay them, like the full hours of time off, like maybe like even like an hour, like for like a month, you know, like an hour per month. And then you have a bank of hours that, you know, like, and in the long run, like that's really not that much like that you're giving somebody. And you're also, but to them, it's giving them so much because like in this career, like I have to pay for everything. Like, because I am my own business, it's Mm -hmm. not, I'm not just like paying for my life. I'm paying for this business run. Like I'm paying for Canva. I'm paying for Adobe. I'm paying for PowerPoint. I'm paying, I'm paying for all these things. So like people don't understand that. I, it's not like me just doing the work for you. I'm also like the money you're paying me is going towards being able to help you. (laughs) So, um, the, the, the not getting paid time off is definitely a, is, a hurt for sure. And like VAs don't even believe they deserve that, which to me is sad. Um, but I think that comes from being told that they don't deserve that because they're just a contractor or they're just doing this or that. But in my mind, I'm like, if you value that person to do this work for you, then they're not just anything. They are 
doing this for you and to benefit them as a person to me seems important, but some people don't value it like that. And that's why, like, even when you, even as my mom, I was like, are you sure you want to do that? Because that's a lot. And you were like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, I was shocked because I thought I would never, ever have that like blessing of like even a little bit of paid time off because most people are like, you work the exact amount of hours I give you and no more, no less. And like you fill up that whole time, like on the computer, you, you don't take a break. Like people don't think about those kinds of things. No, and like, right. I definitely thought that when I first started working, that was a huge transition for me that I was literally using a stopwatch. Like if I had to go to the bathroom, like I would stop it, which is outrageous. Cause if I was oh, in any yeah. other job, like you would go to the bathroom on company time. Like it's not absolutely. like I'm sleeping for an hour. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I do I, think that is a, a, a tricky, um, a tricky thing. I do. I, again, though, I feel like that comes from a scarcity mindset because I felt even I, in the beginning, I'm like, well, this is my time. So, and I need these full two hours or I need this full five hours or I need this full, whatever hour and many hours that I've given or allotted. And then I'm like, that's completely unrealistic. And then when I myself did like an hourly job for a friend of mine, I was like, oh gosh, do I have to keep track of what time I started this and that? And then I'm like, no, that's, that's crazy. That's craziness. And yeah. and I do understand as like an entrepreneur, like we feel like we don't get paid time off as well. And yeah. so I think that there is some of that where you're like, I don't have paid time off, but also a lot of what we're doing, some of it can be passive income. So you're making money when you're, when you don't, when you're not working. So mm-hmm. that's, that's part of it is like having a, a big passive income part of it where you feel like if I need to take, if I like today I slept in, um, which I don't, you know, I don't do all mm-hmm. the time, but I slept in and I'm like, I'm able to do that because of how I have structured my business. So I mm-hmm. think, I think in that sense, Again, I don't know. We have to be considerate when we are paying someone an hourly rate. I feel like we have to be considerate. I feel that way in the world in general. And again, I don't want to come from a scarcity mindset. I want to come from a place of abundance. And so I feel it's important to be able to, I, I want to value you, whether it's you, my daughter, or Sally Jane um yeah. works for me, you know, a year from now. I want to value her or him. I actually, I feel like it'll always be a her for me, but anyway, I'm not, not to be sexist. It's just, yeah, I guess I won't go into any more detail about that, but anyway, (laughs) I feel like I just, I don't know. I just think it's important to value, to value people. And part of valuing them is understanding like when you're living hour to, you know, paycheck to paycheck and you're an hourly rate, it's just hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And um, what you said about like how some teacherpreneurs are like, well, I don't get paid time off. Like to me, like when somebody says that, I'm like, that. But okay, are you happy about that? Yeah, yeah. So you like to? Yeah, isn't that one of the things you miss about? That is actually one of the things I miss about teaching. Although I didn't really feel like I. I mean, I feel like I would take off and end up working. So, um, but the thing is let's not do the bad things that have happened to us. Let's, let's yeah, do- it's, it's kind of like fighting fire with fire. Like you, you don't, you don't 
re- respond back to what you don't like with what you don't like. Yes. Like you yes. put out there what you want and then it comes back to you. Obviously you don't do good things for other people to get good things, but I mean like that's what I personally believe is that you treat others with kindness and respect and that comes back to you. So like, I think, and I wouldn't ask any of my clients for paid time off. If they offered it to me, would I accept it? A hundred percent I would. But I, I also like, I wish that was more of like a regular thing Mm -hmm. that people did. And I'm sure that further down the line when I become more experienced and things like I will make that part of of my agreement yeah is that like you will know like this is the amount of hours per year or whatever that Mm -hmm. I'll have that like you pay for whether Mm -hmm. you know like that I don't have to work so and um, when you build that relationship they can trust you that you're going to do the work when it's your time to do the work and then when, it, when it's your, yeah, I, I agree. I think so too. And I do think I am always shocked and I feel like the more successful the business becomes, the more, the more opportunities to increase pay or bonuses or things like that, because again, that's, that's putting money back into my business. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, when I, sometimes when I see store bigger stores um you know putting job postings out there and some of the the uh, rates that they're i'm i'm just i feel shocked i just feel a little bit shocked but maybe maybe when you first start with someone it's a little bit lower till you get a feel and then they have an opportunity i don't know i just think these are some things to think about for people because i i think it again it's about mindset and i'm i i hope that we we do better than what has been done to us all right. So let's, Oh, go ahead. Unless you have something more to add to that. Yeah. I just wanted to say one thing about the hourly rate is that, um, when you're paying more to someone, you're paying for quality over quantity. So, um, some people obviously need the quantity, but if you're going to start at a lower rate, you're going to get a lower, um, worker. Yes. That's just sure. the reality of it. Yeah, that, that that's true. All right. So let's talk a little bit about working with family. Like (laughs) let's, let's talk, let's start with the, with the, um, the cons, like what are some cons of working with family? I think really, I mean, I think it's going to be different for everyone because we have a different kind of relationship than most mother daughters do. Mm -hmm. Um, like I feel comfortable to talk to you about most anything and I always had. So, um, I think it's, this is a little bit of a different kind of perspective, but I think the biggest con is probably just both of us, like setting the boundary of when we talk about work with each Mm -hmm. other and like how we communicate about work, because like, it's so easy for me to just call you and be like, what do I do here? Okay. Whatever, you know, or like if you're, if you aren't going to remember something and you want to text me on a Friday when I'm not working, then like, it's easy for you because you just text me anyways, Mm -hmm. whether it's about work or not. So, um, I think that's something, I mean, we literally just had this conversation yesterday about like, I, that's something I personally need to work on and something that I just recently have been implementing in my own practice with all of my clients. Like I just recently got a work number and a work email. So that way, if somebody texts me, like it's, I won't even see it if it's not, on my work hours. So, um, that's definitely hard with family, obviously, because 
you would text or call them or whatever with yes. them regularly anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably like the only, well, I would say that's one of the biggest cons. The only other con I can really think of is that like, which is, can be a con and a pro is that like, I never want to disappoint you. So like, mm. which like means that I'm like, I obviously, I don't want to disappoint anyone. And I'm not saying that I want to disappoint anyone, yeah, else, yeah. but um, I feel like it's almost more of a responsibility because like, whether I'm your VA or not, like, I'm still going to be in your life. Like if I were to disappoint a different client and they're like, oh, well, screw this. I don't want to be working with you. Then I would never have to talk to them again, you know? (laughs) But like, if I disappointed you, then you're like, well, you suck. And I have to see you at Christmas. So like, (laughs) so, um, I feel like that's probably the other thing, but I also think that can be a pro because then like, you really like take things seriously with each other because you don't Mm -hmm. want to disappoint each other. Yeah. Plus I think that, um, I have access to your whole life. Mm -hmm. So, um, sometimes I think it's easy to feel to, to, you know what I mean? It's like knowing too much about a person. Yeah. And, and and I think sometimes as far as like a employer employee situation, I don't, I think that can sometimes be get it like be hurt almost hurtful in a way does that make yeah, sense well, yeah because I mean this is what we're also talking about is how you were like I feel like there's always something going on on Tuesday which yeah. is like the day yeah. that I work for you and I'm like well actually there's always something going on on every day of the week I just talk to you more on Tuesday because I work for you that day and so then but I also am talking to you about my life and about work on Tuesday yes. whereas like if I was talking to Heather Mm-hmm. on Wednesday, like, and I was telling her, this is what's happening in my life, Heather. And she would be like, yeah. I don't care, Emily, like, please do the work. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure she wouldn't talk to me like yeah. that, but like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it's, it's like that balance of like, okay, I have to understand that just because it's Tuesday doesn't mean like there's not other like hard life things going on. Yeah. And like, you still trust me that like, I'm still doing the seven yes. hours or however many hours of work that day. Yes. Yes. No, I agree. All right. So, so what do you think are um, some of the pros? I think definitely one of the pros is that I feel like I can talk to you about if something's going wrong and not feel like scared. Mm -hmm. Like if something's going wrong or I'm like confused about something, like I know that like I can just call you and ask you and be like, what do I do? And you like this. And then I'm like, okay, bye. And then I'm done. Whereas like other people, I'm like, let me write a formal email about what exactly is wrong. And then we yes. can communicate about it. Um, so I think like communication is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people might say differently because they communicate with their family differently, but for me, that's a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I feel very valued because like, I'm able to tell you like when I'm struggling with something and then you also look at yourself as an employer and be like, how can I not do that? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that's definitely come up where I'm like this, this, and this is bothering me with my other client. And you're like, am I doing that? And I'm like, um, maybe you are, or maybe you're not. And then like, how can we make that better for you with our relationship? And then that just betters our relationship. And then I also feel like you value me as an employee and a person. So like, me like getting paid well and like me being able to have time off like is like important to you so that I can 
be at my best when I am working for you. So those are, I mean, I could go on about all of those things, but like, those are some of the major pros. Yeah, no, I like that. Emily, I appreciate this conversation. I I do want to, because I think that this, I think this would actually impact a lot of people. Um, Would you be willing to talk a little bit about the mental health aspect? Yeah. Um, So for me, when I first started, I, so right currently right now, I um, have been diagnosed with depression and PTSD and anxiety. Um, and those are all things that are hard. Of course, if like you are going through that, then, um, you can do it. I believe in you. And I know that it's hard and every day is like a battle. Um, and so I'm currently going through different things to better myself. Like I have counseling weekly and all that stuff, but, um, it still makes getting up and doing work difficult. Um, and I, I think that I, this, this past few months has been probably the hardest that I've ever experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have had to figure out that I have to take the time to pour into myself, to be able to do what I really want to do for all of my clients. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I explained when I told everybody that I would be going through um, TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation, um, which I won't go into. You can look that up if you'd like to know more. (laughs) Uh, It's very interesting. Um, But that's a six week treatment that I have to go through. And I had to tell all my clients about it because I have to take time off because I have to drive 40 minutes to the appointment and then stay there for 45 minutes and then drive home for 40 minutes. And So that's like three hours of my day for five days a week for six weeks, which is a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, I have, I can't work my normal hours. I just can't, like, it's impossible for me to do that. I'd be up all night. So, um, and then that would be like going against what I'm trying to do. So um, I think that making sure that whoever you're working with is like, mentally okay is important because that's just like another person that like you're just like checking on you know like and that's what I always do within my weekly email even if nobody takes me up on it I'm always like let me know how I can support you this week Mm -hmm. if I can support if if it's just telling you like you're doing great I'll do that if it's me listening to like something that is going on within your business I'm willing to do that if you need to meet with me uh, we can do that Like, I want to be able to let my clients know, like, that I'm there for their mental health as well, just so that I can show them, like, also what I need. Like, I also need to, like, be checked on sometimes, you know? So, and just yesterday, I was walking to get something to eat, and there was this little stand um, for this program in schools that, like, provides counseling for kids, like, professional counseling and, like, mentors and stuff. And she was, like, unfortunately suicide is the number one killer in America. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I didn't know that. I did not know that like Mm -hmm. mental health is the number one reason that people don't live in the U S which is scary. And like, true. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we're not taking care of our mental health enough. And we're not remembering that we have, we can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
This is something that I taught in my workshops when I was a camp counselor that I would show my kids, like I would take this big, all these little cups from the dining hall and this pitcher of water and I would pour into it and the water would trickle down into all the cups and they're like, Ooh, this looks so cool. But then I would like dump all the water out and I'm like, okay, now what's happening? They're like, well, nothing's happening. I'm like, exactly. Nothing can happen if there's nothing in this pitcher to pour from. You can't give to other people and you have literally nothing for yourself left. So if there's water in another cup, you pour back into somebody else or you do your best to pour into yourself so that you can give just a little bit to somebody so that it can keep trickling down because it's a ripple effect. So um, I think, I mean, I always advocate for mental health in any way that I can because I think it's so much more important than we remember sometimes and we get really caught up in what we need to do for work and what we need to do to get the sale and what we need to do to get the money. But like, that'll come and go. But like, if your mental health is at an all time low or just not good that day, then you need to take a second and do what you can to bring it back up. So that way you can continue doing the things that you actually like to do. Cause otherwise it's just not going to happen. No, you're right. I think it's, I think that's such a, such an important lesson. I can think of specific friends of mine that need to hear that. Um, I'm not going to say them out loud, but I like, I hope that they hear that. And even myself, I, there's been many times that I've tried to pour from an empty pitcher and it's, it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't work. And I think those are, it's really, it's learning your best time time frames. I mean, it's some of your daily habits that can help with those kinds of things. I know for myself, I have to work out. Like I need to work out almost every day because it affects me emotionally. I have to meditate. I have to pray. I have to um, I have to eat at specific times so that my blood sugar doesn't drop and I don't feel like I want to scream my head off. And just <laughs> there's specific things I have to go to bed at a decent time. I don't want to rush when I wake up. There's just certain things that I know that I have to do to take care of myself so that I can take care of others. Well, there's different ways of, of displaying mental health, I think, or self um, care. Mm -hmm. I think that some people forget that self care is not just like taking a bath and like relaxing. Like not everybody has the luxury of like taking an hour themselves to do nothing like if you're a mom and a teacher and you have four kids at home and And um, you're yeah and a business and your husband's working out you know like there's all these things you don't have the time to take that to take a bubble bath you know like when you need self-care self-care can look like literally waking up that day and brushing your teeth like you got up and you did a simple act that is cleaning your body And you can just stand there for two seconds and be like, I brush my teeth. Good job. And that is your self-care for the day. That's something that like, I didn't realize until I taught that workshop, I read a poem to them from a book called depression and other magic tricks, which is a really good poetry book. Um, And one of the poems was about how this girl like did little tiny things Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't even really think about as self-care that I was like, Oh, like this is, I'm caring for myself today. I woke up, I brushed my teeth today. 
I brushed my aligners as well. So that was a double win. So <laughs> like, I mean, like little things like that can be considered self-care. And then remembering that you cared for yourself is also self-care. So like giving yourself credit for those little tiny things that you do, they add up. And then you're like, oh, I actually did good today. I had a crappy part of the day, but I also did this, 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 and this. So I think that's an important reminder as well is that no matter where you are, like in your mental health journey, like you're, you're doing great because you woke up that that was a win. You woke up and you're breathing like good on you for that. Now get out of bed. And now there's another win. Just those things. So like remembering that is, is important. No, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for just being who you are and then sharing, sharing. Where can, where can people find you? You can find me on my website at Emily Renee VA and Renee is spelled R-E-N-E-E. Um, so Emily Renee And then you can also find me on Instagram at Emily Renee. Okay. And okay is just the letters. Okay. Um, Facebook is Emily Renee. Okay. Um, pretty much everything's Emily Renee. Okay. Or Emily Renee VA. So, but everything is on my website at Emily Renee That's great. Thank you again, Emily. Thank you. Good job, baby. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me stop this. Ah, I left that little part in at the end because nah, I just thought it was cute. <laughs> She's great. She's so great. I I am just proud to be her mom. And I, hopefully you got something out of this. Maybe it made you think a little bit about, you know, things that you could do to, you know, things you could hire out or, you know, would you work with your own family? Or maybe it helped you think about how you want to, to manage and lead a team of people. And maybe it even, you know, helped you along your journey with things that, you know, that, that can be difficult with you with your own, you know, mental health and, and taking care of yourself and things. Either way, I, I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. Next on the podcast, in the next couple of episodes, we will be talking about the TPT conference. I have a special guest, one of the presenters will be here on the next episode. And then I have Team TPT, Jillian from Team TPT. She will be here as well to talk about the conference. We're all very excited about that. It's coming up. So stick around. And remember, teacherpreneurs, I am proud to stand among you. And if you're feeling it, I'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. You can also catch me on Facebook at Teacherpreneurs Raise Your Hand or on my website, Trina Debery, Teaching and Learning, Teacherpreneurs Raise Your Hand. I'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Bye.